Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast. My name is Kenny. We were going to be taking a week off from doing this, but of course, the wrestling news will not allow us to do so. So I've pulled in the big guns, as always, Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? Kenny, I'm doing well. I'm just writing up uh, Night of Champions for the magazine. I was struggling a bit with my first paragraph. Any writer knows getting that first paragraph right is key, paramount. You know, without that first paragraph, you're floundering. You're just sat there driving yourself crazy. <laughs> I got the first paragraph down and I'm rolling. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing well. How is yourself? I'm good. You set the tone for the review. You got the first paragraph. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm enjoying the holiday. Um, we are in Ibiza today. Uh, and then tomorrow's Barcelona and then fly home first thing Saturday. So, it's yeah, it's been, it's been nice. It's I think if anyone who is listening has been on a cruise before the, the the challenge with a cruise is that it's constant food and drink at all times so you're sort of fighting the urge to 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 eat loads and drink loads so um but luckily doing these podcasts gives me a nice excuse to not have to be up at the pool deck ordering a pina colada so um yeah it's it's, it's going well it's, it's fun i've managed to not get sunburnt so far, which as a Glasgow man is, is pr- but actually, do you know, so I forgot to tell you this on Tuesday. This is a funny story. So we got on the ship last Thursday, so we could go today. And the, you get on the ship and then they, they, they say, you know, go to your room, blah, blah, blah. And then there was welcome drinks on the pool deck. So we all go up and we get a wee glass of fizz, whatever. And 
I go to order a drink at the bar about half an hour later. So I'm standing there and there's this lovely little American woman called Joan and she's there and she said, where are you from? Scotland. She said, what, what is it you do for work? And I was like, well, because my other half had come up and said something about wrestling and she said, what is it you do? And I said, oh, I work in wrestling and I kind of do this, whatever. And she said, oh, I used to... I used to be a high school teacher in in the states, and I I taught a wrestler. I think I think the the student I taught went on to be a wrestler. And I'm like, okay, now this woman's fairly. I mean, she seems like in her maybe her seventies or something. I'm going, all right. So who, who was he? She said, oh, his name is Chris, but I think he ended up going as um, King Kong Bundy in the end. All right, yeah. And I was going, I was going. I said he was a massive star. Like he was a big big name in wrestling, and she just couldn't compute that he was a big star in the wrestling world. And I'm going, you know, he, he main evented a massive pay-per-view with Hulk Hogan. And she was like, did he? She had no idea. Um, yeah. So he was just Chris to me. Um, but, you know, <laughs> you get on a cruise ship in Italy and you bump into a woman from, you know, New Jersey and she taught King Kong Bundy at high school. So there you go. Wow. So, what a story. But, uh, and how, and it, how could she not know that? But, you know, there again... You know, some people are oblivious to pro wrestling. They're not interested in it. And, you know, that's just normal. And you sort of, we have these, we sort of imagine, don't we, that WrestleMania 2 was like this Super Bowl level event that everyone would have been aware of. And obviously it was big, but it wasn't like, you know, that level where, you know, everyone in the country would know who was in the main event. So, because yeah. uh, I even showed that's often a, a good lesson that, Pro wrestling, even when it's it's you know even when it's enormous, it's still fairly niche thing. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, because I I actually I, I pulled up my phone and I showed her a photo of Bundy, you know, in his in his prime, and she couldn't believe because she had when she knew him, he had hair, he was a kid, he was you know young, so she just couldn't believe that he'd become this kind of. Um, she couldn't. She couldn't believe how he how he looked when he was a, a big star. But obviously, she. I guess she must have heard in New Jersey. Oh, this guy Chris became a wrestler, King Kong Bundy or something. And um, but yeah, it was just a, an intro. And then she called over one of her friends, Janet, and she said, "Oh, Janet, this guy knows." Where? She said, "This guy knows Chris." Uh, and she said his surname. I can't remember what it was. I was. Well, I don't know him. I know of him because you know if you if you if you know anything about wrestling and you're over the age of thirty, you're going to have heard the name King Kong Bundy. So. But yeah, it was very funny. She's going, he knows, he knows Chris, and then she's going, oh, he was such a good student. He was such a nice guy, and uh, and then of course I dropped it, and they didn't know he died, and I'd not thinking, oh yeah, it was such a shame when he passed away, and they were they were like, did he? I've got broken this news now to these women, their student died, um, but yeah, just a, a small world story on day one. So, um, but anyway. Let's get on to the wrestling fin. We'll talk first about Raw that happened this past Monday, the fallout from Night of Champions. Uh, we obviously saw AJ Styles on the show. He came out to uh, to talk to Seth Rollins. It ended up leading to uh, the main event of the show where we saw Seth and uh, AJ taking on the Judgment Day. How did they do in you know in your eyes in terms of Seth's first night as champ, following up from Night of Champions? What did you think? Um, yeah, I thought they did well. I mean, it was amusing, wasn't it, that AJ was there and he acknowledged that he was a SmackDown wrestler. Like, it matters, you know, <laughs> that he's a SmackDown wrestler and he and he's already appearing on Raw. And he was there for no reason, really. Although, 
I mean, you could, I mean, I, I, I said on Tuesday, didn't I, that the thing that was missing from Night of Champions was the post-match handshake between Styles and Seth Rollins, and they saved it for Raw. So I, I thought that was a nice touch, actually, and they extended really the good the good vibes from that match to Raw. And I think it was nice to see Styles there, even though he is a SmackDown wrestler, um, complimenting Seth Rollins. He said that, you know, he had earned the right to be world heavyweight champion. We got the handshake. It felt like a big deal for Styles as well as Rollins. Inevitably, they were interrupted by the Judgment Day. That led to a challenge uh, for the main event match, uh, which we'll talk about shortly. So, yeah, I thought it, I thought it was a, a nice little segment, actually, to open the show there. And the fans were certainly uh, appreciative of Rollins. You could see that they felt it was the right outcome, that he had become champion. You deserve it, chance ran out, rang out in the arena. You know, Rollins really, you know, milked it and seemed to be basking in, in the glory. Uh, he said it just feels right. And it did. It did just feel right. I mean, that was Rollins's title to win. We said that before he captured it, didn't we, Kenny? Yeah, yeah, we we knew going in, and yeah, I mean, I th- well, something that I liked from Raw. I don't want to give them praise in terms of the draft because obviously it's a joke, <laughs> and everybody's just on every show. But what I did appreciate was that they had the bit where Adam Pearce had to get it approved that AJ Styles would wrestle on the show. Like they were, you know, you could yeah. tell they were they were trying to to make sense of it somehow. So at least there was an attempt, you know, as menial as it was. But yeah, I thought having having AJ there kind of. Was a, was a good buffer to give Seth a good first week and then they're in there with the Judgment Day. Not too sure who Seth's going to be facing as who his first challenge is going to be because obviously later in the show, Cody sort of uh, call, calls it Brock. So we assume we're going back to that yeah. either at Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. So there's not a real obvious contender yet for Seth. No, there isn't. There's no obvious contender yet. I mean, I mean... They're pushing money in the bank. Um, and on this show, um, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Bronson Reed in a Money in the Bank qualifier. Also, Ricochet defeated The Miz in a Money in the Bank qualifier. So, I mean, that's not till what's Money in the Bank? July 1st, isn't it? July 1st, yeah. July 1st. So, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a while before the Money in the Bank winner cashes in, one would assume. Um yeah, I don't know who who it's going to be. It's not going to be Cody. Yeah, we know that. He's got a storyline broken arm. He's going to have to sell that, I would assume. I'm not sure if he's going to be wrestling house shows between now and when he's recovered from this storyline injury. I'm not quite sure how they're going to handle that. And yeah, there doesn't seem to be an obvious contender to Rollins unless someone you know shows up next week and launches a heinous sneak attack. I'm looking at you, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to return? And I think that would be, I think, I mean, it's his spot for the taking. To me, Drew, if he were to return, he would, he could walk right in as Rollins's first challenger. He, see, yeah, he seems the obvious 
the obvious person if if you know if they've ironed out whatever details they've ironed out. But uh, but yeah, like you say, we did get those money in the bank qualifying matches, so that's begun as well. Um, we got uh, Ricochet. I, I just I, I thought that you know the Ricochet Miz match was kind of light and loose. Just felt like a really loose match with Miz and blows clearly not connecting. They were showing light everywhere. I felt like that should have been better. And I was really disappointed that Bronson Reed lost to Nakamura. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, what do they expect to achieve, Kenny, with Shinsuke Nakamura at this point in his career? I mean, I think Bronson Reed, it would have been much better for his career. You know, much more productive and constructive for WWE had he been involved in that match. You know, Nakamura's not going to win. So, you I mean, know, it feels feel like we've had charitable, it feels like charity booking. Charity, but you know, we've had this conversation so many times about Nakamura, and you know, we always try in the podcast to not repeat ourselves and say the same thing, even though sometimes we're, we're kind of forced to because of what the story is. But yeah, with Nakamura, it's like I don't think watching this match with Nakamura and Bronson Reed, I don't think he, I don't think he brought it that much. He was fine, no. but he wasn't. It's not like if if Nakamura was firing all cylinders and he was giving you like ten out of ten, you go, yeah, do you know what? Fair enough. Haven't beat Bronson Reed, but um, yeah, and I, I agree with you on the Ricochet Miz thing. Miz, Miz is hit or miss. You know, sometimes Miz can really connect in a match and do really well, and then other times it's just not there. Um, but I think Ricochet's a good shout to be in the Money in the Bank match. You obviously that's a good style for him to work. Yeah, but yeah, I would have definitely preferred Bronson Reed to go in there as well. Um, we do, however, Finn, have new women's tag team champions. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler were, were able to defeat Raquel Rodriguez and Shotzi, who's the interim partner for her because Liv's injured. Bailey and Io Sky and Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville in a four-way. Rousey and Baszler celebrate at the end. I mean, it's very hard to get excited about a division where it's constantly two singles performers who aren't really that popular being put together that's kind of what we get on repeat with this division so it's hard to get excited about Rousey and Baszler as champ I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, I would agree. And I mean, I think Bailey and Your Sky would have been a better shout. I mean, I realize it's probably going to be your Sky, you know, Asuka um, coming up. I'm not sure really, mate. I mean, your Sky, you would think he's going to be going on to bigger and better things as a singles player. Yeah. And we know there's a split coming with between your Sky and Bailey. But to me, had they been champions, there would have been more spotlight on them. They would have had a greater prominence 
and their story, I think, would have um, meant more had they done the split while they were champions. Now they're just going to do the split and it's not going to have as much impact. Uh, Rousey and Baszler, I understand that Rousey's being paid a lot of money and Baszler's a pal. And you could say, well, they've been underutilized because they're big names, or at least Rousey is. But I mean, neither has delivered for so long. Um, and it just feels, it just felt, feels like the wrong team won. I mean, it was just so noticeable watching this match that when Rousey and Baszler were not in the ring, the match really picked up steam. The match was better. And as soon as they were involved, the match deteriorated in quality. And people were really angry at the notion that Rousey and Baszler might win. I mean, people booed when Rousey applied uh, an armbar on Raquel Rodriguez. And it was just the, the very thought of Rousey becoming champion. And it wasn't like, boo, Don Callis or Dominic Mysterio heat. It was, oh, my God, Rousey and Baszler could become champions heat. We don't want that. You know, that's the last thing we want. I just feel like people resent them just for existing in WWE at the moment. And WWE went and made them tag team champions. I, I thought it was a huge error because um, this division needs some stability. I mean, we've had so many women's tag team champions this year that whoever won the match, obviously it was Rousey and Baszler, they really need to be champions for a sustained period of time just so we can remember who the champions are. Because, you know, up until recently, it was like, well, it, was, it was almost like a quiz question, wasn't it? Who are the tag team champions? Oh, that's a difficult one. I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's tough because, I mean, Ronda, even though Ronda Rousey's not that interesting, they should absolutely have done more with her than they have now. And, you know, if, if her thing is that she wants to be with Shayna Baszler because that's her pal, so well, maybe have Shayna be like her not her manager, but be on her corner and then have, you know, do the Becky and Ronda match. It just feels, Ronda and Shayna's tag champs just feels just a bit kind of lukewarm as an idea. Um, yeah, it's just like a consolation prize, isn't it? It's like, yeah. it's like this second rate sort of story or position or spot for them, but it's slightly better than being challengers. Because I mean, I, I guess if Rousey and Baszler hadn't won, what would they have done next? There would have been even less interest in them. I mean, I have got no faith in Ronda Rousey. It's impossible to have any faith in her because she's let us, she has let us down so many times that she, I, I just can't, I don't believe in her anymore. I would like to believe in her, but she's got to deliver. She's got to bring it in the ring. She's got to give us matches. She's got to give us promos. She's got to give us something that we can care about before I'm going to start rooting for her again and saying, yeah, good call, making Rousey and Baszler tag champs. You know, they've they've got a lot. To me, they're almost like a new act that's got to prove themselves because they've been such a flop over the last year. And you think about how much money they must be paying Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean you can't be getting the value back on that. And, um, yeah, it, it should... It, it, I wish it. I wish it felt bigger or better, but it it just didn't. Um, I mentioned earlier about uh, Cody Rhodes. You know, obviously he wants Brock Lesnar again. Um, 
in term, I mean, when do you think we're going to see see the rematch? Um, and do you think is it a foregone conclusion that Cody wins, or do you think that maybe maybe Brock's going to win? Where are you sitting on seeing more of it? Um, I mean, Cody, you asked Brock Lesnar, he wasn't there. If he was satisfied with their one-one score, um, Cody said that Lesnar was not man enough to make him tap out in their match, and then he issued the challenge for. Um, for a third match. Um, I would think it would be SummerSlam. I mean, it feels to me like Money in the Bank's big enough already. I'm sure everyone who's going to Money in the Bank um, is hoping that Lesnar and Cody Rhodes, you know, the third match in their series will take place there. But I'm not sure if if the card needs it. And maybe leaving it till SummerSlam will make it feel even bigger. You would think there'll be a stipulation attached or some sort of gimmick to jazz up match number three. And you're right, it does feel like Rhodes, um, it's a foregone conclusion that Rhodes will will win the third match because we think he's going to challenge either Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns at a later date. Um, but it's it's really hard to know. I mean, I know I've put a lot of stock in this super stable we brought Lesnar and Roman Reigns, and it hasn't happened yet, and there really haven't been any... There was no hints at Night of Champions that it will happen, nor was there on Raw. But I'm still, you know, I still have faith, Kenny, that this is going to happen. So I'm not sure, really. I mean, maybe it's Lesnar, Cody Rhodes at SummerSlam, and Reigns costs Cody the match. And then Lesnar and Reigns, you know, do the, you know, uneasy alliance, uneasy truce type story, which I think there's so many different ways you can take that. And I think Reigns and Lesnar versus Jimmy and Jay is a huge match. I think there's so much you can do with that story there. We know that Jimmy and Jay have done uh, have done the split or are about to do the split with Roman Reigns and Solo. So there's definitely room for Lesnar to join the the bloodline or the what's left of the bloodline, perhaps create a new faction name. Um, I think there's you know, there's definitely room for him to be part of the Roman Reigns story. So I'm not sure really who's going to win that third one. And and I like that because when it's predictable, I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter that wrestling's predictable, but when it's unpredictable for the right reasons, yeah, that's when pro wrestling at, is at its best. I mean, there's another thing I think they could do. I don't necessarily know if they would do this because it would be a lot of effort. But I mean, I wouldn't mind... Because obviously the whole story here is you're trying to keep Cody busy till you eventually do the big Cody-Roman rematch. That seems to be the idea. And you want to have these twists and turns because I I remember, I think it was Lance Storm said this, or somebody said it where they said, look, he can only win the belt once as the first time. He can only win it one time. And if that's the story that we're doing, then... You know, you you want to keep it going as long as you can and, and whatever. So, I mean, what they could do is they could have Cody Rhodes next week qualify for Money in the Bank and have him say, you know, I'm, I want to win this match because this is my only ticket back to the top. This is my only chance. And then you could have Brock cost him the match. Now, I don't know if they'd fly Brock over to London just to do a run-in, but, you know, it would be a big buzz moment if they did and they had him do yeah. that because that would be a way to have... You know, Cody have more ammunition as to why he needs to face Brock at SummerSlam. Um, you know, and then and, and that's a, a way to keep that story going through till the end of July. So there's lots of options and hopefully they will pick something interesting. 
Um, is there anything else from Raw that you wanted to give a mention to before we move on? Um, we did have Trish and Zoe Stark's first uh, night together. Did you did you feel that Zoe Stark? I know you were saying on Tuesday that Zoe is a two out of ten on the personality scale. Did she <laughs> manage to get herself up to a three on the show? Or is she still down at a two? Um. I don't know, really. I mean, I think it's a good, as I said on Tuesday, I think it's a good spot for Zoe Stark because there's more emphasis on her. And I think Stark and Trish Stratus, I think it's a good partnership for all concerned because Zoe's a real workhorse in the ring. She, you know, she can really go as a wrestler. Um, even Becky Lynch made an appearance and they had a pretty good rumble there, pretty good scrap. Um and in the end, um, uh, in the end, they placed a T-shirt on top of um, Becky Lynch, which read "Thank you, Trish." So that's the whole, you know, thrust of this: that Trish thinks that Becky Lynch should thank her for everything that she's done for her and, and enable it, paving the roads for her for her to drive down and become an, uh, an even bigger star than she was. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good spot for Zoe Stark, and I think they did well here. I thought Becky Lynch showed a lot of vulnerability, uh, which is something that she wasn't doing for a while. And I think she's absolutely subscribing 100% to this feud with Trish. At first, I really felt like she was sort of indifferent to it and was not really feeling it. But I think she can now see the value in it because people have responded to it. You know, I like the fact that she did the job at Night of Champions. I didn't see that coming. Um, I think you did. I didn't. Or maybe maybe we both actually said that it would be the right outcome for, for Lynch to lose so it would prolong the feud with Trish and give Trish more heat. Yeah. So I like the fact that they, they gave us that finish. And I feel like Becky's really on board with it now and is really putting her heart and soul into it. Um, and I think after this attack on Raw on Monday, I think there'll be a lot of interest, Kenny, in Zoe Stark versus Becky Lynch. So... You know, I think it's been a win all round for everyone. So, yeah, I like what they did. But as far as Zoe's personality, nah, it's, I don't think it's really risen much. You know, so it's we're still, still at two. But, you know, there's, it's, there's room for improvement. We've all Let's, got room for improvement. We need, to just, we need to just keep an eye on the Zoe Stark charisma scale as the weeks yeah. go on. So we need, we need, but yeah, I mean, for me, I think when Becky came back in February, I think she came back, whenever she came back to do the thing with Lita and Trish, um, she just hasn't really seemed to have that much, uh, you know, va-va-voom about her or pizzazz or, or enthusiasm or whatever word you want to use for it. But um, I think that once Lita got out of the way, I'm not trying to just denounce Lita, but I think once she got out of the way and that tag title thing got out of the way, I think now there's some meat to the bone. And I think you can definitely see Becky is happier that she's got something to sink her teeth into. And uh, yeah, and I know this is this is also low praise, but I feel like it's worth just saying. You know, before I think in the Vince McMahon era, if he had been booking, I don't think this feud would necessarily have as much uh, effort into it as they're doing. You know, by bringing in Zoe Stark and having something to keep it going. I think before they might have just had them off TV for a while and then brought them back whenever they were going to do something because that's what they used to do is not really give us a lot of yeah. story stuff. But now you can see that Triple H and the team who are in there. They're tr- they want to add some more stuff into it, make it feel more organic. If, if you have Zoe Stark involved, that means she can do the match at Money in the Bank with Becky. Then you don't really feel like you're missing anything. You feel like it's continuously chugging along week after week. So, yeah, big fan of this. 
Um, yeah. Let's move on. So I did want to make a quick mention before we talk about CM Punk, which of course everybody wants us to talk about. I did see, I've not had a chance to watch a lot of Dynamite that ha- happened last night, but I did get a chance to see uh, Takeshita and Don Callis' promo. And um, I thought it was it was really strong. I, I, I mean, the heat on Don Callis was was really really good. The crowd are, the crowd hate him, um, and you know Takeshita's kind of there, and it feels that like he has a bit more star power to him in this role. I don't know how that's happened, but it feels like he's a bit more comfortable because he's being positioned as somebody important on the show. So I thought they did, they did a good follow up here because I know we were talking on Tuesday about our concern for him that. You know, is he going to be a, a a back player in the story? But it seemed like he was. There was some focus put on him. Yeah, definitely. And it fe- it felt to me like Callis was um, um, setting up a match between Okada and Takeshita at Forbidden Door. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when Don Callis, you know, reeled off a list of Japanese names, whom he claimed were inferior to Takeshita, he mentioned Ricky Dawson and. All Ricky Dozen, rather, and all yeah. these other Japanese legends like Akira Maeda and Muto and all these people. And then he brought up Okada. I was like, yes, we're getting to Keshta Okada at Forbidden Door. Hopefully, hopefully. I, I did actually suggest a while back that I like the idea of Brian Danielson versus Okada at Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen that match. I mean, I don't know how long Danielson's got left. I think something's going on at the moment, Kenny. With Danielson, Definitely. and I do, que- yeah, that I do question how many more matches he has in him. Um, so, in some ways, just for my, you know, personal entertainment, I would have, I would very much like to see Danielson Okada at Forbidden Door. But if that can't take place for whatever reason, then I'll sell for Takeshita versus Okada. Obviously, put Takeshita over many times before. But yeah, Don Callis, it was. It was like Dominic Mysterio kind of territory here, wasn't it? I mean, the audience were all over him and it felt like genuine hatred as well. And oftentimes in AEW, the heels don't really provoke this kind of response. It's more of a we're entertained kind of response. Not not that response that we really don't like you and we're going to boot you out of the building. And it, so, does, it does also feel like they've not, you know, it feels that there is going to be a big reason as to, you know, we're going to get more information about why Callus has turned an Omega. We're getting drip drip fed it, which is fine because, you know, you want to keep the story going. And yeah, I mean, I think if, if they do go with Takeshita and Okada at Forbidden Door, that to me is way more attractive in opposition than the four-way last year. Because the four-way just kind of felt yeah. like there was a bunch of guys. Um so yeah, I really hope that's how they that's where they go. And then you know, Omega and Okada have got a lot of history. So you can maybe play into that on TV if you want to from their series of obviously critically acclaimed matches. So yeah. yeah. Um but also I mean, I'm sh- not sure. I mean, they haven't really explained Don's all he said is that I'm the victim here, not Kenny Omega. He yeah. still hasn't explained why he did the heel turn. No, so no. I'm not sure where he's going. It doesn't really seem to matter that he hasn't explained it yet because the fans detest him. Um, so I mean, he's he's riding the crest of a wave at the moment, and Takeshita's really benefiting from that as well. He's on the, you know, he's on the surfboard with him, Kenny, riding along yeah. there. So um, they're both doing very well, yeah. Yeah, and and I, and I do like this has been a fairly long term thing of you know Callis trying to recruit Takeshita for months, even though it was a kind of background thing. I like that it's something that was going on in the background rather than just being something that's you know out of nowhere that. It doesn't really have any substance. So we'll see where yeah. it goes. 
Um, but obviously, Tony Khan last night had another announcement. Um, he loves an announcement, deserve Tony. But this one was announcement worthy for sure. Um, he announced that the June 17th collision uh, at the United Center of Chicago would indeed include the return of CM Punk. We got the graphic. Big reaction in the arena. More bo- more cheers than boos. I mean, the initial was just a massive cheer, but then there was some boos interspersed with that as well. Obviously, that's now they've announced him, they can concentrate on selling more tickets for the United Center because you know this time it probably it would be difficult to do the same approach as the first time. You know, to just have yeah. people buying tickets and hope that they turn up thinking they might see him. But um, what did you make of the response? Is it a should it be a concern to AEW that there were some booze for him? Was it to be expected? How would you kind of assess the reaction? I think it was to be expected. I think if there's a lot of booze in Chicago, then, well, I mean, as I've previously said, Kenny, I mean, Punk has to turn heel. To me, he has to, because he hasn't played heel yet in AEW. He's better I just in that think role. He is better in that role, for sure. Um, he's just got these natural heelish tendencies and they could very well be pronounced or magnified when he returns. Um, and I think it's just a better role for him at this point in his career. I mean, generally when wrestlers are veterans, people don't want to boo them. But I think in Punk's case, <laughs> um, I think people will be happy to to jeer for him. Um <laughs> So I, I'm curious to see what sort of response he receives on the night, June 17th, when he returns. I mean, it should be universal cheers and praise and acclaim and yay, he's back. But I mean, we'll see about that. I mean, we all know what happened last September. It was a huge event in wrestling history. It's been written about and discussed endlessly. And I think a lot of people will resent punk for doing what he did, saying what he said, leaving, not coming back, playing whatever games he's been playing, not being a team player, um, and just really taking, what will it be, over nine months off. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I think he's going to have to turn heel. And I think that'll be, I think that could be a really good run for him. Him and FTR as heels, I think there's a, a lot they can do as bad guys. Um, so, yeah. But I'm, I'm glad they've reached a compromise, Kenny. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when it looked like it had all fallen apart over the Ace Steel business. So, you know, we were hoping that they were going to be able to work through it. And um, obviously they have. I think it's the right outcome for Punk. It's I think it's the right outcome for AEW as well. They, abs- they absolutely need him for this Saturday night show. We know that. And I think had he not returned, I think it would have, I think the fans would have really lost out. I just feel like he needs to return and he needs to finish out his story in pro wrestling. Um, in the ring, no, not from the sidelines. You know, you know, this, you know, all this bile and arguments and, you know, all this drama to me, he should be performing in the ring while he still can and delivering for the fans and, and really earning earning his pay. You know, he, sh- he should be doing these things. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he returns, Kenny. I mean, I really hope he modifies his style and he, he tries to minimise 
the number of the type of moves that are most likely to cause injury because he does seem to be injury prone at this point in his life. And the last thing we want is for him to return and for him to suffer another injury and be sidelined for 10 or 12 weeks. I mean, that's going to be such a disappointment and obviously a major setback for him. I mean, for us, from a point of view of, from an entertainment standpoint, obviously no one wishes ill on anyone. Um, but I really hope that he, that he just tones down his style and, and is used sparingly as well, Kenny. He should only be wrestling occasionally, not in eight or 10 minute matches on TV against second match guys like Lee Moriarty or Dan, Daniel Garcia or whatever. He should be just used as a special attraction. And again, that'll minimize the likelihood that he'll suffer an injury and it'll mean that he'll be, he'll be in a position to add more value to AEW, won't he? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you look at Roman Reigns pre last summer when he obviously when he when he went to the part-time schedule, for the year before that, he didn't wrestle on TV a lot. He was on TV every week. And that's with Punk. You know, Punk should be on all the collision shows because he's gonna be the star of the show, but he shouldn't be wrestling on all of them. He should be wrestling sparingly. Put him in tags, put him in different things so that he's not having to, you know, go out there and you know, can I, I mean Danielson, I know that we don't know Danielson's situation, but Danielson at his st- this stage of his career shouldn't be wrestling every week on TV either. These are legacy stars that you want to maximize how long you can use them for. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that should be the plan. Um, obviously, Punk has wanted to come back for a while. You know, he's been keen to come back. So I'm glad they've got it sorted. And at the end of the day, I mean, everybody who's who was involved in September are all earning millions of dollars to do a job for the audience. And that should be what the focus is. Do the job for the audience. If they can't work together, then fine. Don't don't have them work together. But, you know, they will have to see each other at pay-per-views. You know, that's going to have to happen. So hopefully, you know, that that goes without a hitch. Um, And yeah, I think think AEW needed him back, for sure. They needed him back. He was involved in some of the best storylines they've done because of his intensity and his style of promo and realism that he brings as a character. So I think they've they've it's not been as good since he's been gone. And I think that the 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 like you said, all the kind of drama involving him has ended up hurting the show as well. Um yeah. But it'll be interesting June seventeenth what he says. Is there a mention not of the fight obviously, but is there a mention of why he's been gone for however long, nine months? Or yeah, yeah, it's good because if you're a, I mean, this is not a large portion of the audience. I've said this before, but if you are someone who only watches AEW TV, you don't go on the internet, you don't go on news sites, you don't you read wrestling magazines or whatever. He won the title all out, and he's never been seen since, and you've never been told why. He's never been mentioned, so it it will be interesting to see how they f- they frame it. Does he make a nod to anything? So I think people will be there'll be a big rating for that first one especially to see what he says. So uh, we'll see. But um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious to see how he handles it. I mean, hopefully, you know, him and hopefully he's already had that conversation with Tony Khan and they've already addressed this and they've come up with a framework for roughly what he's going to say on the night. I mean, the last thing we want is for Punk to return and go off script and upset people on his return <laughs> on his first night back. <laughs> I mean, this is the thing. I mean, Tony needs to, 
you know, obviously we talked about this. We've talked about this many times previously. There's just there wasn't the discipline there. And this is how this whole situation got completely out of hand. And Tony is the boss. He needs to act like the boss. He needs to have these conversations with Punk. Say, right, Phil, we I need to know what you're going to say out there. And 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 you cannot insult people. You know, okay, you can insult them in the context of a wrestling storyline, but not in such a way that it's going to cause more heat and potential fireworks backstage. I need to know what you're going to do, and you've got to play it by the book this time because we've wasted nine months, you know, nine months of your career, nine months. There's nine months in which he could have been a participant in AEW. And when he returns, it needs to be, you know, he needs to be, you know, playing by the rules to me. And he needs to be a team player because, I mean, you know, he's doing very well in those last nine months, Kenny. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's been paid a lot of money for not doing anything. So it's about time he started earning his pay again and contributing. And also, you know, Tony Khan has done a very impressive thing to get this ship sailing again in, in, in the way that he has. So follow through and don't give yourself more headaches, And I'm, you know, in six months' time. So hopefully this is... I say hopefully this is the end of the drama. I don't think it will be. I think there will still be more drama in some way, but hopefully it's drama that can be managed rather than yes. it getting to a point where it's going to explode again. Um, listen, that's all the time we've got for just now. We are going to record an overrun after this with some of your questions, which will be up on Patreon this weekend, and then we'll be back to normal service next week. So I uh, want to thank you all for your support, for the magazine, for the podcast, for Patreon. Um do appreciate it very much so uh, Fed, I hope you have a great weekend whatever you're getting up to and you as well you're coming back to Glasgow know what you're doing so uh, yeah I'm just plugging away on the next issue so uh, you know hard at work on the next issue of Inside Ropes magazine so uh, I'm going to be doing that and having a little bit of time off as well but um, yeah it's always uh, it's always nice to get back into the flow on the magazine and I'm I'm in I've hit my stride Kenny I'm, I found my groove and I'm rolling. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Hope you thanks. enjoy the rest of your holiday, everyone. And thanks, everyone, for your support on this podcast and on Patreon and for buying the magazine. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, we absolutely do. So thank you very much. And we hope to. Uh, we hope you all have a good weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.